I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Micah, if you would please. Chapter 2 and verse 7. And also chapter 3 and verse 8. We'll read both of those together. They'll get it put up there on the screen in just a few minutes. Micah 2 and 7. Hallelujah. Okay. I guess they're working on it. O thou art named the house of Jacob. If the spirit of the Lord straighten or short, you might put there, or shorten, are these his doings? Do not my word do good to him that walketh upright? All right, let's look at verse chapter 3 and verse 8. Truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and the judgment of might to declare to Jacob his transgressions and to Israel his sin. We're going to title this this morning. We are anointed. Hello? I want a response. We are what? We need to learn to confess what God says about us. Some people say you shouldn't do that. The Bible's full of it. Here, this Michael, he confessed what he was full of. It is the Spirit of the Lord shortened. That is his power that he cannot work in prophets and his church as he did in the former days. I believe what he did for Moses, he'll do for you. I don't believe he's changed one bit. I believe what he did for Moses, he'll do greater for you. His was only a shadow of the things to come. And it says, as the former days, the same prophet affirmed that he is full of power of judgment and of might by the Spirit of the Lord. You don't want to confess your flesh, but you want to confess what Christ is in you, the hope of glory. The Lord is so good to us. The Bible said, Paul said, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. The Bible says that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. You ought never complain about weaknesses because God's strength is greater than your weakness. He loves to see you get weak at times so he can prove to you what he really is. We ought not to complain about being weak, Brother Julian, but the Spirit of Christ Mighty anointing in our lives should put a something on our lips that's never been on there before. The blessings of God is abundance and flowing abundance in our life. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Jesus said, He that's perfectly trained shall be like his master. Who is your master? Who is your master? 
Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the only way we can be perfectly trained is by the Spirit of the living God. You can read that book. I believe in reading it and I believe in praying, but it's not going to change you without the Spirit of God. And you're going to have to have faith. That's why you read to get the faith in the Spirit of God. And Jesus went on to say, you can't do nothing without me. You can't make a hair black or white. You can't make a statue one inch. But with me, you can do all things. The power is not of ourselves. The power is the power of Christ that lives inside of us. We are what? We are what? We're not going to go there this morning, but it's, we, if, when we learn to confess what God says about us, I tell you, our life is going to be changed like we never knew before. When God gives you a word, a word is a seed. We'll come to that again in a minute. You plant that seed, or that word. You say, where you plant it? In your heart, and you meditate on it. Meditate, and you feeding it, and it's going to grow. It's going to grow. You got to get the seed in the ground. You got to get it in the good ground. Michael said in 3 and 8, but truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I am full of what? Of the what? Of the Spirit of the Lord. David said, by the Lord I run through troops. I jumped over walls. There's nothing compared with the anointing of God in our lives. It'll take away worry. <laughs> you say, Brother Billy, you're going too far now. It'll take away fear. It'll replace all of that with power. Power. Glory to God. We have such wonderful promises from the Lord. Wonderful things from the Lord. Michael asserted that, that he was speaking from the anointing of God, inspiration of God, that I am full of power and might. Psalms 23 and 5 says, my cup does what? If you want the real victory of the Lord, get your cup running over. Hmm? You got to get a, I tell you, you got to get your cup full. We'll come to that in a minute. When your cup is running over, not only is it going to do you good, it's going to do everybody around you good. Brother Don was telling me this morning about going in and talking to this person. said, the first thing I did, I went in there with a smile on my face. I tell you, the Holy Ghost will change you like nothing else will. The Spirit of God, and it's free. It don't have no side effects. Hmm? It doesn't. Hallelujah. David said he had not only enough, but I got more than enough. My cup, what? It's joy unspeakable and full of what? Glory. My cup runneth over. Amen. Sometimes you get in a situation you don't feel like your cup running over, but I'm learning how to keep it running over. I want to share with you to have a real life that God has planned for us. Our cup is going to have to run over. Not just on one certain day, but it's got to run over all the time. Amen. 
I like what Ken said about him and Melinda. They just get to dancing sometimes. It may not be a good-looking dance, but I tell you, come on, church, I think we need to get a little dance in our feet. We need to get rid of sadness and loneliness and despair and let the Holy Ghost get in our lives and rule us like he wants to rule us. Amen. Some people got it and some don't, Brother Billy. <laughs> That's right. Some people got the anointing some don't. <laughs> you need the anointing. Cups running over. Full. Overflowing. Exodus 3 and 8. It says this. I am come down to deliver you out of the land of the Egyptians to bring you out and unto a land a good land, a large land that floweth with milk and honey. God didn't save us just to save us. He didn't get them, Brother James, he just didn't get them out of Egypt to get them out of Egypt, said Sammy. He wanted to bring them into something. I mean, believe it, God wants to get you out of something. He can bring you in something better. Then you can imagine and you cannot even think what great things he has for us. I've not seen and ears not heard. But it's revealed unto us by the Spirit of God what He's got planned for our lives. He's carrying you where? Let me read the last part of then. I'm carrying you into a land that does what? Shout it out loud. Flowing. Not a land of despair, not a land of hopelessness, but a land that's what? Flowing. The word flowing there means it didn't stop. It never ran out. It continually to flow in abundance of overflow. I've got you out of Egypt. I'm taking you to a land that's never ending. Come on, church. We need to get past this. Well, I got my ups and downs. I'm from being up. I'm against being down. Amen? I want to be up. So I got a flowing that never runs dry. Always a flowing, the anointing. Micah said, I'm anointed. Hallelujah. A land that's flowing with milk and honey. And Nehemiah said this. You ought to read the book of Nehemiah. You think you got trouble. <laughs> can, can I help you out? Next time you got trouble, go get the book of Nehemiah and read it. <laughs> And you'll get up from there and shouting and rejoicing and thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I'm so glad that you're with me. Nehemiah said, under the worst of conditions you could get in, this is what he said, my, thy good spirit <laughs> leads me. He'll lead you out of despair, out of hopelessness, discouraged. He'll lead you out by his spirit. You working with a trial in one hand? And a sword in the other hand. And your enemy is down on the bottom of you making fun of you. He said, a fox running upon that work you're doing going to fall down. He said, come down and talk to us. He said, I ain't got to come down. Come on, church. I feel like singing to you tonight or this morning. I'm not coming down. He said, I'm doing a good work. For me to come down and talk to you would be a waste of time. To talk, have a conversation with the devil is a waste of time. Worry and fear is an energy drainer. It'll drain your 
more energy out of you. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, and full of fire, I tell you, the devil can't stand the heat. Amen. He's got to get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Brother Yoakum said he had a bird dog one time. When it get cold weather, he let him in the house. He'd get right in front of the stove, laying on the, right in front of the stove. Brother Jonathan, just laying there, sleeping. And the fire would get a little hot, he'd raise his head and go, <sighs> He never would move. He just growled at the fire. But I tell you, when it gets hot enough, the devil's going to get out of your kitchen. When you get to the fire and the anointing of God strong enough, he's going to get out from your life. He can't stand the fire of God against them. A water that's flowing. I know Peggy and I have talked before. The Bible seems like a fairy tale. It does. It's just a fairy tale. Who ever heard of water flowing out of a rock? Anybody ever heard of a rock producing water? Man, he said, in water. Let me read a scripture here. Before we go any further with that, when God talked to Moses. How many are glad that God talks to you? I don't know about you, but I'd be in bad shape if the Lord didn't talk to me. Sometimes he tells me some things that I don't particularly like. But I know it's the truth or he wouldn't be telling it. Listen to this. Numbers 11, 23. The Lord said to Moses... Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt see now whether my words shall come to pass. Unto thee you will know it. Is God's word, power, and spirit waxed cold today? Because the world's like it is. The Bible says he changed not. He's no respect to person of the wonderful good things that's happening. He's come down to deliver us. Second Corinthians 9 and 10 said, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, he multiplies, or you might use the word increase there, your seed into fruitfulness. How many are looking for a harvest? Anybody looking for a harvest? Now, let me ask you another question. What kind of seed you've been sowing? Are you sowing it some good ground? We cannot have a harvest until we plant some seed. You can't go out here to this grass and say, give me a harvest until you put some seed in the ground. The ground is our heart, our spirit, and our mind. You've got to put something good in there to get something out of it. Fitness. Fertile soil, 2 Peter 1 and 4 says this, God has given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature of God. I believe God wants to do more than just the water coming out of a rock. I believe he wants to do more than dust turning to lice. I believe he wants to do more than the Nile turning to blood. I don't know about you, but me, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, he did it back then, but he has not changed. 
He can do some awesome things when we believe Him and look to Him. Flowing never what? Runs dry. Never runs dry. It's hard for us to get everything we see on this earth. Even the mighty Mississippi here lately, they had to stop the barges from going because she was drying up. Sometimes we try to relate our spiritual life or what's happening in the world. You go out here black bow on the summer months and that little, little, little thing is dried up. You might find little puddles here and there. You go up here and look what's coming out of the dam up there right now. You go down to 271 or 71 down there and see how much Red River, Sulphur River is flowing right now. It's flowing in a massive flow. But later on this year, it'll slow down. But I tell you, the Holy Ghost don't slow down. He said, I brought you out to bring you in a land that's flowing, that's never going to slow down. He's talking about the anointing. Ken mentioned something about the revival. I believe, I'm going to look that up and I'm going to bring that to Sister uh, Woodruff. I believe it's a theme coming out. It said, let it happen now. It's about Jesus. I mean, I believe it's time for us to allow Jesus to let it happen now. Not tomorrow, right now. Today is the day, and now is the hour, accepted hour of the Lord for your miracle in your house. You ought to shout with me, there's a miracle in my house. Well, I believe one's coming also, there's a miracle in my house. Amen. Julian, you've been seeing some here lately in the natural. Amen. What we need to see more than just in the natural, we need a spiritual anointing from God like we've never known and experienced before. The wonderful things of God. Jesus is called the good shepherd. Not only that, he's called the chief shepherd. He's the shepherd of our lives. Psalms 23 and 2 said, I changed this around a little bit. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Do you get that? He maketh you <laughs> to lie down. I'm going to get to that here in a minute. Don't, don't leave me. Darling, stay with me now. He maketh me to lie down. Where? Where? In green what? Pastures. And then Jesus comes along and says this in Mark 6, 39. He commanded them and made them all set down upon green grass. You say, what's the significance there? Everything God does is got to important. Every color has importance. I don't know what your favorite color is, but God's got a lot of different colors. You say, well, what's the meaning there, Brother Billy? Green symbolizes prosperity. Somebody ought to shout prosperity. Some people say, well, I don't like that prosperity message. It's misunderstood. How many want a prosperous, healthy life? Got one hand. That's what that I got some more back there. That's what that means. It's just not hinged on one thing. Prosperity. He makes me to lie down where? Shout it out loud. 
He maketh me to lie down in prosperity. One of the greatest things you can have in this world is a prosperous spiritual life. The second thing is have a healthy life. Peggy and I are going to our grave. I know it might not look like it right now, but we're going to our grave how? In a good old age, what? You have what you say. God intends for you to be prosperous, Sister Linda Hill, in your spiritual life, in your health. All right, you say, well, what's the rest of it, Brother Billy? I'll go share with you. Anointed. You ought to say, I'm anointed to get this. I'm anointed to get what God is saying and what God is dividing to us. It also deals with growth. Growth. How many is growing spiritually? How much have you grown lately? Have you stretched out your tent stakes? The prophet asked David, said, have you stretched out your tent stakes? Are you growing? Are you adventuring out? Starla was real small one time. Peggy carried her and Holly to Texarkana. Starla said, look at there, Mama Peg. They're building us a city. Now you drive up there and look, see what's happening. We notice in natural growth in abundance. But I think it's something more important than a natural growth is a spiritual growth with God. Are you growing spiritually in the kingdom of God? Then the next thing it represents is life. How many believe that God wants you to be full of life, full of joy, full of thanksgiving? He wants your cup overflowing. He brought you out of Egypt. How many people left Egypt, went into Canaan's land? Give you a test. We'll test this side first. How many? Y'all don't know, do you? Do you know? She don't know neither. How many? How many this sent apart? How many? Three million people left Egypt. How many went into Canaan's land? Two. I tell you, that's not very good odds. But you ought to say, I'm going to be one of those two. I'm not going to be them others. <laughs> Narrow is the gate and straight. The word straight is a Greek word meaning much difficult. And Paul used another word, much tribulation to enter in the kingdom of God. God wants you to have life, abundant life. He never promised you you're going to have a life without troubles and trials and persecution and tests. He never, that's not in there. But what's in there, he promised you abundant life. Promised you abundance. And he make it you sometime <laughs> to do what? <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you ought to be thankful when God makes you lie down. <laughs> you ought to say, look out now. I'm fixing to get me a blessing right now. He make it you to lie down because he knows some things that we're doing is hurting ourselves. So he wants to bless us. Bless us. Hallelujah. Genesis 26 and 12 says this. Isaac sowed in the land and received that same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. 
there was a famine in the land, and he sowed because God told him to. If you want a better life, you're going to have to learn how to sow the Word of God. You're going to have to learn how to speak the Word of God. He sowed what God told him to sow in a famine, in the wilderness, in the desert. He sowed, and he got a hundredfold the first year. Bible scholar says that naturally is impossible to get a hundredfold harvest the first year. It's not with God. <laughs> Listen, God is God. He can give you a hundredfold the very first year in your life. He can put a river in your life that never runs dry. Hallelujah. Praise God. And not only that, it says in verse 13, he waxed great. He waxed so great that he become very rich. Now, God wants you prosperous. He wants your spirit prosperous. Third John, verse 2 said, Beloved brethren, I pray above all things you'd prosper, be in good health. What good it is to prosper if you're not in good health? How I many you know God wants you to have all of it? Prosperity, good health, and life. He wants you to have abundant life. He wants you to have joy unspeakable, full of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many have been on both, both sides of the fence? I used to be on the other. Thank you, Julian. I used to be on the other side of the fence. But I want you to know there's a grain of pasture on this side of the fence. Amen? You know why the grass is greener on the other side of the fence? Somebody been fertilizing it. Somebody been watering it. If you want your seed to grow, you're going to have to fertilize it. You're going to have to water it. You say, how do I do that? With the Word of God. With the Word of God. It got pretty bad for him, so he moved on a little bit. And he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to dig out my father's wells that he dug before he died. I have a message for you from the Lord this morning in my heart. It's time for us to dig out some old wells that our father, Ken's daddy, dug before we ever got here. God had dug a well for you before you ever got here on this earth. Before Isaac ever got there in that place, Abraham, just Sharon, had dug a well. It means springing, living waters. How many know before you ever were born, God had dug a well for you, springing, living waters in your desert where you are. He's rich. He's very rich, but something's missing. The springing well of living water is missing. He said, I'm going to dig it out. The Philistines are the type of the devil. They filled up this well with earth. If you're not careful, you can get so full of worldly activities, your springing living well will stop flowing. You're going to have to get rid of some of it. 
I like what Sister Old McCaslin used to say when she was in charge of the floor room back there. When something comes in, something got what? When too much worldly activities starts flowing, stopping the flow, or slowing down the flow, we better get busy and get that out of the way. He dug it out. Hallelujah. Them Philistines come over and said, we want that well. He could have said, it's my father's well. He gave it to me. But he didn't. He moved on. I mean, you know, we need to have a spring of living well that the world wants. Don't be jealous. Just move over a little bit. <laughs> Don't be territorial. Protect him. A dove does not protect its territory. It'll move on. A pigeon will stay and fight, but a dove will move on. We're to have a dove-like spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to help me out. God wants to dig a well of living water. He's already there. It's already available for you before you got here. And all you got to do is get rid of some of the worldly activities. And that well will start flowing for the world to see it. For them Philistines. He, he kept moving until he, oh, glory to God. I won't go through all that. Well, Brother Billy, I really like this. Well, if it's hindering the flow, you need to get rid of it, which is more important. Have the well of flowing freely. Flowing. What kind of river these take you to? A flowing river. One that's not going to dry up. The flowing things of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He just kept moving on until he got to the right place. Galatians 4 and 6 says, God has set forth the spirit of his son into your spirit. What's in your spirit? He is. Who cleansed the temple? When Jesus cleansed the temple, what did he do? Dr. Fred Lowry, any of y'all remember him at Bossier City? Went down there a few weekends in a row for about three or four weeks to hear a man on Elmer Towns. And he, brother, forgot his name. Fred Lowry said, I was preaching a revival one time and said, I got a little frustrated and said, they had all anointed. He said, that they had all the the pans that took the offering in, there's metal pans jacked up in the front. I said, I said, I don't know why I did it, but said, I just kicked that as far as I could kick it. said, everybody jumped up and looked at me. He said, the church wouldn't hold all of them came that night. said, I don't know whether the anointing drew them back or whether they want to come see me kick some more cans. I tell you, hallelujah. There's some things sometimes we're going to have to take special effort to get it out. Hallelujah. If your eye offends you, you need to pluck that baby out. He's not talking about your natural eye. He's talking about things that you precious so much and love so much. If it's a horn hindering your anointing, you've got to make a choice. You're going to have to get rid of that thing to have the door of flowing and anointing the way it be. Well, I love it, Brother Billy. Hallelujah. 
just talking to Sister Sharon. There's nothing in this world can't be overcome but by love. Waters can't quench it. Fire can't burn it. If we're not careful sometimes when we're dealing with our brothers and sisters, we forget what Jesus taught about warfare. Sometimes we get in a warfare and we wound when that, that's God's plan. That's the world plan. Been guilty of it. You know, it's hard to go back and humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. And what makes it worse, they ask you, what did you do? And you tell them, so I, I didn't notice that. But I'm telling you, God wants a clean hands and a pure heart before God. For the anointing to flow and keep it flowing, we have something to do. Hallelujah. The well is springing. Hallelujah. Some of the things that God has promised, it seems too far-fetched. It seems we can't get it. We can't by ourselves. But nothing's impossible with God. Let me read you something here. Isaiah 65. This is symbol, restless mass of humanity. Thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall be enlarged. I mean, needs an enlarged heart. Jabez said, enlarge me, but don't let me cause no pain in that. What a testimony. I don't know how many times I've heard Peggy say, I want the Lord to enlarge me, but I want him to help me not to cause no pain. What good is a good enlarged heart if you cause pain? Notice he said, the prophet said here, enlarge me where I can hold more. These ladies was praying with a lady around the altar one time. And they said, Lord, pack her full. Just pack her full. Said she leaks. I think that can fit nearly everybody. Sometimes we leak. Sometimes we need to be refilled. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me finish that. Enlarge because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto you, and the force of the Gentile shall come unto you. What are we seeing happening coming in our borders now? Across the Rio Grande. On waters crossing, just a boat, nothing but the clothes on, trying to get to America. I would want to think it's more than the prosperity of America. I want to think there's anointing coming. There's anointing they got to get to. There's anointing that said the sea. And you. You read other scriptures on that that said the most violent and most wicked is going to come. Well, we don't need them. God.
message them. We need them. They need the anointing. They need to be delivered. He said, the sea is going to give it up. And they're going to come. They're going to come. There, there, there's anointing that's being raised up in the kingdom of God. He wants you blessed beyond measure. I'm going to quote a scripture here, and then we're going to close here in just a few moments. Micah said, truly, I am full of power. What does Acts 1 and 8 says? After the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall what? You shall what? Receive what? Power. After the Holy Ghost. In other words, you're not going to receive power until after the Holy Ghost. The things I once loved to do, I don't love no more. Peggy never did want to marry a preacher. I never did want to be in the ministry. I had full prophecy, and I never would move and do nothing. I wasn't going to do that. The first conference I went to, Kingsport, Tennessee, and God bless those people. Some of them invited me out to lunch, some of the ministers. Said the full time pastor is not going to take your ability. I said, I'm, I work. The church don't have no money. He said, Well, we're going to help you make more money. We're going to show you how. Of course, I'm not very smart, but the Holy Ghost quickened me. This is not a good deal. I mean, no, you need the Holy Ghost to quicken things in your life to let you know that you're not to be led in something that's not of God. When I got in the ministry, I'm not saying anybody else needed to do that. I loved to ride horses. I had some of the fine saddle horses. One of them's name was Bojangles, and one of them's name was Tramp. When I bought him, he looked like a tramp. But I tell you, I gave them a new home when I was called in the ministry. I sold my trailers. I sold my saddle. I got rid of everything that pertained to that. Now, I'm not saying anybody else has got to do that, but I'm saying... There's some things, if you're going to have the anointing of God, you're going to have to get rid of. You can't hold on. I'm not saying some may could, but I, I believe the Lord revealed to me you can't do that. The anointing will come greater when we learn to clean out the attic. And Lord knows, Peggy and I need some cleaning out to do it house. Oh, I, I'd hate for you to see it. We bought this building. She says, it's my building now. It's not yours. Okay. Now, I want you to build me some shelves in it. It's okay. That thing, we're going to take everything out of our garage, or we can go upstairs. Don't have to go upstairs and come down them stairs. From now on, we'll have it down in this building. All that stuff is still upstairs. That building is so full, a lot of the shoppers come and shop there. You can't hardly get in the door. That may be all right there, but I'm saying in my life, in your life, that's not all right with God. There's some things that's got to be got out for the anointing freely flowing like God intended for it to flow. I imagine we'll keep that, right? Mm. 
Sister Linda's not here. Y'all like to talk about her? Hmm? She was cleaning out Aunt May's closet. Aunt May's owned up in her 90s. And she said, Linda, I might wear that before I leave here. Just put that back. That's all right. If it's a spiritual thing, we got to get rid of it. Like Isaac did. Clean it out. If somebody wants to, oh, glory to God. Somebody wants your coat or cloak, give it to him. And watch the anointing flow greater in our lives. He says here, truly, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. He makes a confession that. Micah asserts that he speaks of the acts of a direct inspiration from God. I am full of power and of might. The Spirit has extraordinary, miraculous things for all of us. We have not touched the surface what God has planned for our lives. Jesus Christ has not changed. He's always the same. Now Christ has ascended to heaven. He's committed all of his affairs to the church and to the world, to the Holy Ghost, John 16 and 7. What Jesus was on this earth, he's gone back to heaven. He sent the Holy Ghost down here and put in our lives we are his ambassadors. We are his representatives. When I was in the Navy, you could not leave that ship without asking the officer of the day permission. Can I leave the ship? <laughs> May I leave the ship? They checked to see if your shoes are shine, front and back, in the uniform of the day. If they require that kind of obedience, how much more so do God require obedience to him? Get his permission. As long as they sought God, everything they touched, what? It bothers me. Obed-Eden let the ark come to his house. Now, this really bothers me. David was mad at God because what God had let that boy die. But the Bible said for three months, as long as that ark was there, everything in his household prospered. I believe God is trying to tell us if I'm in your life like I'd like to be, everything in your life is going to prosper. It's not the work of ours. It's the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. Fill us with power and fill us anointing. The battle does not belong to us. The battle belongs to him. Now, I ask you again, who cleansed the temple when Jesus come on the scene? Brother Sam did a wonderful job here, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. Y'all remember him turning that table over up here? Y'all remember that? And taking that whip. He could pop that whip, couldn't he? You said, would Jesus really do that? The Bible said he made a whip. And he drove them out with a whip. What he's teaching us, if I come into your life, I'm going to have to take charge of your life. And I'm going to drive out everything in your life. Hallelujah. I won't call the name, but some of you would know him if I called his name. 
he went to work for the highway department. And he was a mechanic. He was an excellent air conditioning mechanic. Went to Texicana one day, and an equipment room was in there with a slop sink and a hot water heater, and he couldn't get in there to work on the air conditioners. So he left. He said, uh, next time I come back, that better be clean. He just came to work there. Well, he came back to work on it. Somebody tell me what happened. Huh? No, it wasn't clean. It's still full. Still couldn't get in there. I wasn't there, but this is what they told him. Said he grabbed the buffer and threw it out in the yard as far as he could throw it. He got the wash bucket and threw it in the yard as far as he could throw it. And the guy, the, the, the custodian come running and said, hold it, hold it, don't do that. He said, I told you to get it out. If you can't, I can. Listen, if we can't get it out, God will get it out because he has anointing that we can't imagine what's going to happen in our lives. Listen, church, when he starts putting that pruning knife to you sometime, it hurts. But I tell you, you got something planned for your life that you can't see yet. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. Hallelujah. Jesus left it up to you and I and the church now. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I go away. If I can't go away, the comfort can't come. Now, for all of you got children, I want you to notice this verse. You can write it down, go home, look it up. Isaiah 49 and 25. I, God speaking, I will save your children. What a statement that we can put on in our lives. What God has said, you can sink your teeth into it and hold on to it. You've got a promise from God. I don't care where they're at. No matter what they're doing, he said, I'll save them. He didn't say, I'm going to think about it. He didn't say, I might. He said, I will. One of the strongest words in the English language is will and shall. Will is the strongest. I will save your children. Why don't you say, I'm anointed? Power, might. If you've got lost children, I want you to start saying, my children are saved. Well, I really hope so, Brother Billy. No. My children are saved. How do you know that? It's in the Word of God. It's this promise. God bless you for being here this morning. Won't you go around saying, I'm anointed? There's a difference in having confidence and being arrogant. You're not being arrogant, you're having confidence. The Bible said, Don't cast away your confidence. That God has given you. He's given you a sure word. God bless you for being here today. God bless you.